the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, formerly Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Praise God. All right. Come with me to the book of Psalm 92. Psalm 92. Let's read it together. One go. They shall still bear for fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Amen. Amen. Let's start from verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Somebody say, I will flourish like a palm tree. Say, I'm ordained to flourish. Say, I'm ordained to flourish. This is your heritage. This is your destiny. He said, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Whether they like it or yes, you will flourish. I said, your business will flourish. Your spiritual life will flourish. You will see success. You will experience progress. You will make it. In the name of Jesus, you will live long. In the name of Jesus. He said, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted. Somebody say those that be planted. Just for those. Just those people. Those that be planted. Not those who hop from place to place. Not those who come and go. Those who are planted. They shall flourish in the court of our God. You will flourish. So he says all righteous people are entitled to flourishing. But those who get the most out of their righteous life is that they need to be planted. And the question is, where do I have to be planted? He is clear in the house of God. Somebody say in the house of God. So if you all you know is your business, Monday to Sunday business, business, you won't flourish like that. Those that be planted in the house of God, those that be planted in the house of God, they shall flourish in the court of our God. This morning, I'm teaching on getting the best out of your church families. Somebody get getting the best. Say, getting the best. How many of you want to get the best out of your church families? Getting the best out of your church families. Getting the best. As a church, we are divided into small groups. Somebody say small groups. And I'm talking specifically with reference to this church. Embassy of Life is divided into small groups of minimum of 12 members. Somebody say 12 members. Okay, so each group is made up of a minimum of 12 members. Now, these small groups are what we refer to as families. Somebody say families. How many of you belong to families? You belong to a family in this church. Lift up your hands. Okay, if you are not in a family, we'll sign you up after service. Okay, so the family is the smallest group in our church. And every member is expected to belong to it. 
Some people think it is a church thing or it's a church program. I want you to see today that it's not a church program because when you don't understand it, you can't take advantage of it. As much as possible as a pastor, I don't do things because people do it. I do things because I see it is scriptural. Because as a church, the ultimate thing that must guide us is the word of God. And so we want to look at the scripture and see where this thing began and whose idea it is and what is designed to achieve. Once you understand it from a scriptural perspective and you choose not to be a part, then the choice becomes yours. So that's what we are doing today. How to get the best out of getting the best out of your church families. To get the best out of the church families, first, you have to understand the scriptural purpose of the church family. Somebody say, understand. Say, understand the scriptural purpose of the church families. Okay. The church family system began when Moses, the first pastor of the first church, God was bringing the children of Israel out of the land of captivity, taking them to the promised land. In the book of Acts chapter 7, we are told that Moses was the pastor of the church in the wilderness. Acts chapter 7 verse 37 to 38. Moses, he said, this is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in the Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us. So, the church that God addressed as the church in the wilderness, he's simply using it as a typology of the actual church. And he was talking about the fact that Moses was in charge. And when Moses was in charge of that church, they had a lot of problems. Can I tell you something? There is no church you go where there will be no problems. In every church, there will be problems. There are people who are not committed to a church because they say they don't want problems. If you don't want problems, stay at home. And if you stay at home, that will be your biggest problem. The church. The reason why the church, when you come to church, you also encounter problems is because the people who have problems, they come to church. Yeah, the people who didn't sleep well last night, some of them are in church today. The people whose businesses are struggling, they are in church today. Their frustration and their anger, some of them are even ushers. Some are singing today. Some of them may even be preaching to you. And we all come to church. Why? Because we come to meet a God who is bigger than all our problems. That's why when you have a problem, the best place to go is church. Am I communicating here? Yeah, this is it. And when Moses was pastoring, there are people who are like, oh, if Jesus were to be the pastor of the church, there won't be any problem. Really? He pastored 12 people. There was a thief in the church. Moses, the prophet, God said, if there is any prophet I have raised, I communicate with him face to face. That prophet was anointed, the lawgiver. All the Ten Commandments and all the law, he received them all. He was pastoring the people in the wilderness and they complained. They complained until the pastor wanted to die. That's church. Somebody says that's church. But when we look at the family system, the family system is God's wisdom for solving the many problems in the church. Somebody say God's wisdom. Say God's wisdom. God's wisdom for solving the many problems in the church. So let's look at it. Exodus chapter 18 verse 13 to 23. And the next morning Moses sat down at the place where he decided issues, problems. He sat down and he was solving problems. 
legal cases for the people and everyone crowded around him until the evening. Can you imagine? Everybody crowded around Moses. Jethro saw how much Moses had to do for the people. Take note. How much? Somebody say how much? The work, the load he was carrying was too much. How much he had to do for the people? He asked, why are you the only judge? Why are you the only judge? There are people, when they come to church and they have a challenge, and as a senior pastor, I ask them to see Pastor Pay. Some of them will not do it because they just wanted to speak to me. And at some stage, you can speak to me, but I will not be available every time to speak to you. So you must learn to appreciate other people who are equally anointed and grace and been assigned responsibilities. Moses was sitting there alone. He said, he asked him, why are you doing it? Hello. And all the people standing from morning till evening. Now look at verse 15. Look at what he said. Moses answered, because they come here to find out what God wants me to do. Look at verse 16. They bring their complaints to me. You see, they had problems like I'm telling you. And I make decisions on the basis of God's law. Verse 17, he says, Jethro replied, that isn't the best way to do it. So, in other words, Moses, you are wrong. Somebody say, Moses, you are wrong. Okay, if Moses is wrong, then Jethro must show us the right way. And Jethro began to speak to him, said, you and the people, he said, the reason why I'm telling you, Moses, you are wrong, is because the way you are going, you and the people will soon be worn out. The job is too much for one person. You can't do it alone. Effective pastoring of a congregation can never be done by one person. No congregation. The needs of a congregation are too much that one person cannot handle it alone. He says, I'm going to show you the best way to do it. Verse 18. Verse 19, please. 19. God will help you. May God help us. He said, what I'm going to tell you is wisdom. And you see, every time you function in wisdom, God helps you. God helps people who decide to walk with the wisdom of God. There are people, they have access to the wisdom of God, but they don't want to work with it. They have the access to the wisdom of God for their marriage. They don't want to work with it. They have the access to the wisdom of God for their finances. They don't want to work with it. But the Bible said the labor of the foolish wearied every one of them because he does not know how to get into the city. A foolish person is a person who refuses to embrace the ways of God. That's one of the major symptoms of a fool or signs of a fool. He will not embrace the ways of God. God says, do it this way. They say, no, we want to do it our way. So he said, God will help you, Moses, if you follow my advice. So he started it as if it was his personal advice. Later on, he realized that it was not just his advice. He said you should be the one to speak to God for the people. Verse 20. And you should teach God's laws and show them what they must do to live right. So, this, this man really came. He really, really came. Turn to your neighbor and say he really came. He came to show him. He said, Moses, you don't know your job description. Let me define your job for you. Your job is number one. Speak to the people. Pray. To God for the people. Speak to God on behalf of the people. And then, when you are done, God will tell you some things. When he tells you those things, come and teach the people. And after you have taught them, when it comes to meeting their day-to-day needs, you will need to appoint some competent leaders who respect God and are trustworthy and honest. Then put them over groups of what? Groups of what? Groups of 50? 
groups of hundred and groups of thousand. Now, he says, verse 22, these judges can handle the ordinary cases and bring more difficult ones to you. Having them to share the load will make your work easier. Now look, verse 23, this is the way God wants it, what? So it has moved from advice to the way God wants it done. So if you are looking for the way God wants church done, this is the way. This is the way God wants church done and done effectively. You won't be under nearly as much stress and everyone will return home feeling satisfied. Now listen, if you are going to feel satisfied and be okay in the church, you have to embrace this. Somebody say embrace this. And we want everybody in our church to feel satisfied so that you are okay and you don't join the bunch of complainers and accusers. So, that is why we too, as a church, because we don't want to be under so much stress and want, to, want everybody to feel satisfied, we are embracing this wisdom. Not only us, but the early church also saw that church needed to function at two levels. At a bigger level in the temple and at a smaller level in the family setting. Look at Acts chapter 2 verse 46. Acts 2 46. Let's read it together. One go. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness. So they did what? They met where? In the temple and then from house to house. Somebody say from temple and house to house. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 19. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 19. He said the churches of Asia salute you. Aquila and Priscilla salute you. Much in the Lord and with the church that is where? In their house. Do you see that? Obviously that might be a family sized church because in a house you can't have 100 people in a house. It has to be the residency of a, a Kumasi regional minister. They have a huge field like that there. But in an average house, you can house that number. Look at Colossians 4.15. Salute the brethren which are in Laodicea and Nymphas and the church which is where? In his house. Philemon 2. And to our beloved Aphia. What a good name. Maybe you should give it to your daughter. And Archippus can add that one. Our fellow soldier and to the church in the house. Do you see that? So, church in the temple and church in the house. Church in a bigger platform and church in a smaller platform. That is the family system. Why did God initiate the family system? And why are we practicing the family system in this church? One, the small size of the family allows each member of the family to know and be known by other members of the family. Somebody say, I need to be known and you need to know me. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to know me. I also need to know you. Don't be a mystery to me. I don't want to be a mystery to you. When you are in the church, you need to be known. Don't be an invisible person. A mystery. Nobody knows you. You are like the Holy Spirit. The wind blow where it listed, and down here at the sound of the earth. We can't tell where you are coming from. We can't tell where you are going. He says, so, no, 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 that's not it. We have to know you. We need to know you. 
We need to know where you stay. We need to know what you do. We need to know what your concerns are. We need to know. That is very important. In the book of John, chapter 10, verse 14, he said, I am the good shepherd. Every good shepherd will seek to know their sheep. I know my sheep and they know me. So you need to know your shepherd. That's why the families have been done. You have your family shepherds get to know your family shepherd. Not that your family shepherd is calling you, you are not picking. He send you WhatsApp, you are not picking. We are on the page, you are not there. That is not a good spirit. Somebody say, it's not a good spirit. Say, it's not a good spirit. Say it my way, spirit. It's not a good spirit. We need to know you and you need to know us. Number two, the family system makes it possible to meet the various needs of members in a large church without neglecting or forgetting anyone. When we meet together like this, eh, whether you are in church or not, I will not be able to tell. It's not every time. There are a few of you that sometimes, if I don't see your face, I can tell. But not everybody. And for us to be able to know what is wrong with you, what is right with you, why you are not in church, whether you need assistance of any sort, you need to be involved. You can easily be forgotten. And nobody wants to be forgotten. How many of you are glad when you are forgotten? No. Nobody wants to be forgotten. All of us, we have a sense of pride. We have a sense. It's an emotional need, which is equally important. God is concerned about that as well. You are not just a spirit being. You are a spirit being. You have a soul and you live in a body. So your needs must be met at all three levels. And one of the needs you have is a need for emotional acceptance and connection. And you want people to know that you are not just a statistic, but you are a real person. Praise God. The Bible was talking about that in Ezekiel chapter 34. He said, the sick you have not visited, the ones who needed care, you did not take care of them. Why? Because the shepherd was not in touch with the sheep. And number three, the family system provides an ideal context to fulfill the one another instructions in the New Testament. Somebody say the New Testament. You see, faith in Christ is personal, but life in Christ is communal. Amen? You can type it somewhere. Faith in Christ is personal. Somebody say faith in Christ is personal. But life in Christ is communal. I hope that statement is quite clear. You see, I cannot believe God for you. If you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I cannot make you saved. You have to believe personally in the finished work of Christ, appropriate it by faith, and then you are saved. But the moment you get saved, you are never alone. The moment you get saved, you become a part of God's family. So we are saying that when you come to faith in Christ, it's personal. But if you are living your life in Christ, you have to be connected to all other people who are connected to Christ. So you are born again and you are born into God's family. And as a member of the family, there are responsibilities and privileges. There are rights and there are privileges. There are responsibilities that come with the privileges. You are expected to be there for one another and others are expected to be there for you. And those instructions can only be fulfilled when we are together as a family. Praise God. What are some of those instructions? James chapter 5 verse 16. I'm actually preparing a long series on this. 
confess your faults one to another. Amen. Can you come to church and anybody at all you don't connect with anywhere, you just go to him and say, Ah, brother, come. I want to confess my faults to you. know. When you are in the family and you are bonding well with the person and you have developed trust with the person, if there's a challenge, you can confide in the person. I'm not communicating at all. That's what happens. So in the family setting, you can confess. Then he said, pray one for another. That's something that we are doing. Don't be the Christian who is always looking for somebody to pray for you. Be the Christian who is always looking for someone to pray for. Am I communicating here? Uh-huh. Some of us are always collecting prayer. We are always looking for, we are like prayer collectors. We move from one place to another. Always receiving prayer. When will you start giving prayer? He said pray, confess, and then pray one for another. Again, look at this. Galatians 6 2. These are one another, I call them the one another scriptures. He said, bear ye one another's burdens. In a family, eh? anything that happens to one happens to all. Am I communicating here? In a typical family, anything that happens to one happens to all. If you are part of a family and then you are celebrating your birthday, it's our birthday celebration. You are doing something that has to do with christening or something. It is the whole family's business. Particularly if you if you go, uh, you are a family member and you are doing something and the other family members don't come. Usually it's because you are a very problematic person. Am I communicating? Is that not how it is in the natural? When you go to a family event and then there are some people, even their extended family, you see that they are fully represented. Fully. By other people. Even their nuclear family, they don't show up. Like someone I know now. He doesn't respect people. So, almost things that concern, he doesn't respect other elderly members in his family. So, when he's doing something, nobody wants to identify with him. Those who identify with him, they do it graciously. But not that they have a reason to do it. If you're in a family and you live your life like that, you regret it too. Because life is a family. There are people to let me talk to the wives. There are wives when they marry into families, they also take them away from their families. Don't wait till trouble comes. Before you marry that person, you belong to a family. One of the things that a wise wife does is that you learn to flow with your husband's family. A wise husband must learn to flow with the wife's family. Don't be a fool. Don't be a foolish husband. Don't be a foolish wife. And my husband's people are like this. You change and adapt to them. And stop fooling. Yeah. It's like that with many Christian wives. They are just fooling around. Because I married a nuclear family. Nuclear family. Listen. Nuclear family don't produce human beings to marry. This is Africa. Am I communicating here? Learn to flow with them. Listen. If this woman, she's not flowing with my mother. My mother is not the problem. After all, you, how old are you? My mother is way older than you. Am I communicating here? My mother cannot be the problem. You have to humble yourself. Some wives are just too proud. Too proud. The man gave birth and you can marry the son. That means that that woman can give birth to you too. So you are directly the person's child. Direct. And if your mother even offended, you won't you forgive your mother. And your mother-in-law says something. And you are holding it against her. You are not calling her. You are not doing anything. You are sitting in church. Hey, I love you, Lord. Foolish Christian. What kind of Christianity is that? That's not Christianity. That's not Christianity. That's not Christianity. 
So Mother's Day, today is Mother's Day. I'm not preaching about that. When we close, that mother-in-law you have tagged as a witch. A witch who didn't kill your husband when she was conceiving her in the womb. A witch that allowed you to marry and didn't put your case and you are married and now you have children of your own. That witch, go and call her. Because the way you are behaving, I suspect you are a greater witch. Number four. The family system is an avenue. Maka, maka. The family system is... And don't ask me about anything. I'm preaching under the influence of the Holy Ghost. When I finish, no question. Pastor, what were you trying to say? Don't bring yourself to my office. Yeah. It, it looks like it was a personal attack. It's, not, it's a Holy Ghost attack. Don't come and ask me anything. The family system is an avenue for every member to discover, develop, and use their gifts for the benefit of the whole body. How many of you love me as your pastor? Yeah. You don't have a choice. I'm all you have. You are all I have. You better love me because me, I love you. Yeah. Each of us has been blessed with one of God's many wonderful gifts to be used in the service of others. First Peter 4.10 Somebody say each of us. Everybody said each of us has been blessed with one of God's many wonderful gifts to be used in the service of others. So use your gift well. Amen. In the family setting, all of us are gifted. That's why when we have the family meetings, don't sit down and, and keep quiet. By all means, whichever language you are used to, use it to say your point. Say your opinion. Express yourself. It is supposed to allow people to flow and to talk. Somebody can express himself in English. Let him say his own. You, you understand it in three. Say it. And the family shepherd must interpret it. Am I communicating here? Translate it and let everybody feel. Because everybody's opinions matter in a family. Am I communicating? When you are in a family and it's like uh, somebody hijacks the family. No, they will leave you alone to perish. There are some people, they sometimes they are very rich in the family and they want to use their word to bully everybody. Be careful because one day all of them will leave and then you, you see what you do with your money. Whether you alone, you can celebrate with your money. Do you know it takes money to throw a nice birthday party but it takes people to make it a nice celebration? Am I communicating here? Nobody goes to hire Golden Tulip Conference Room for birthday party and then is there alone in the big hall they made a nice cake. Then you are, that's, hey, hey. Everybody who sees that will say, this guy, he don't go. People, people, people. If you really, really want to know whether you are connecting or you flow with people, check how many people show up when you are doing an event. You need people. I, I will not stop teaching you. You see, real success in life is success with people. Did you hear me? I said real success in life is success with people. Not things. Not things. Not things. There are two things. Every time you are doing it, they don't ask how big was it? How many people came? When you die, they say, ah, na ye de nipa makra. We are doing an event. Oh, and nipa bio. That is it because people matter more than things. People matter more than cars. So those of you who are in the habit of always destroying relationships because of money and things and things like that, repent. I tell you all the time, when it comes 
to a choice between money and people a hundred times over choose people choose people a hundred times over choose people choose people I had a story a very sad story of a man who died two years in his apartment and nobody knew nobody knew the whole neighborhood yeah because nobody was coming nobody was going his phone contact nobody was calling nobody was going it's all alone if you live alone you die alone you won't die alone say a better amen number five my time is up the family system provides a platform for members somebody say members to share and receive practical love and care from other members of the family now let me tell you this if all the love and the care that you receive in the church comes from the pastor or the pastors only you wear them out you wear them out god did not design it in that way God did not design the church in such a way that the only person who shows you love in the church is the pastor. Can you imagine uh, uh, Mr. Prempe is drawing for me. He's drawing for me. He's drawing for me. He's drawing for me. Everybody is drawing for me. By the time I realize, I'm gone. But when we come together, we don't only draw from leadership. We also draw from one another. Iron sharpens iron. So a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says, when we meet together like this, God designed the body, our bodies as a model of understanding our lives together as a church. I'm reading 1 Corinthians 12, 25 to 26. Every part is dependent on the other. Somebody say, I need you. You need me. Say, I need you. You need me. Yes. You need people to rejoice with you. You need people to be there with you. Number six, the family system allows a church to grow large while at the same time preserving personal care and a sense of belonging. Church must grow. Many people are okay in the church as long as it is small. When the church grows, they are not happy. And the reason why they are not happy is that they say, oh, the family connection is no more there. We are no longer bonded. There are some people who say like, oh, I like it when we were in the school. Sir, you want us to be like when we were in the school? <laughs> when we were in the school, oh, pastor, why, why do you like the school days? You know, the school days where we were together, we were like family. That is not God's wisdom. God's wisdom is that the church will grow. Somebody say the church will grow. God wants his church to grow, but God also wants the family connection to still be there. So how else can the church grow big and maintain the family connection except through the family system? The family system allows us to grow big and be small at the same time. I said that through the family system, this is a quote, take it, the church can grow big enough to accommodate everybody and small enough to know and care for everyone. Do you agree? Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. There are people who feel offended in a big church because they feel that their own needs are not met, nobody cares about them. It's because you are not connected to a family. In every big church, in fact, most of the big churches I know, they also practice the family system. But some people will not join and then they will go and be complaining that the church, there's no love in this church, there's no care in this church. Listen, the means of care and love, people have refused to follow it. May you follow it. Number seven, the family system helps to reach out, establish, and retain new members. The family system helps us to reach out, establish, and retain new members. When somebody comes to this church, 
And he's not connected to anybody in the church. Doesn't get along with anybody. After some time, they will leave. Now listen, people don't come to church necessarily because I'm a good preacher or there's good music here. People come to church because they have learned to bond and relate with certain people. Praise God. Why you relate well with certain people in church? Why you come to church and you don't meet those people? It looks like something is missing. Am I communicating here? There are some people where you come to church, you don't see them. It's as if you are not in church. That is because church is designed for relationships. So, beyond good preaching, good music, good worship, good drama, relationships matter. So, when people come in and we don't connect them to relationships, they can easily slip out. But when they are connected to a relationship, they are made to be part of a family and they don't show up, this person calls them, that person calls them, that person calls them. Immediately, they begin to have a sense of belonging. They say, ah, they say they really think about people. They care about people. And by the time you realize the person is established and rooted. Am I communicating here? That is God's wisdom for drawing in multitudes and keeping multitudes. Listen, no matter how many people reach out to, if they come and they don't find us welcoming, they come, they don't find us concerned and caring and loving, they will go and never come back regardless of the vibrancy or the, the, the powerful preacher, whatever you have, they will go and not come back. For people to be connected and stay on for a long time. If you look at here, most of the people here have had relationships with them for a long time. Some of them, for a long time, as far as uh, school days. Yeah, it's not, They are not here because I'm a good teacher. No. There may be other better teachers, but the relationships we've had over the period them coming. Praise God. Finally, the family system is an important platform. Somebody say an important platform. Say it, an important platform for inspiring, preparing, and training members for leadership responsibilities. You see, church is not designed for membership only. Church is designed ultimately for leadership. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He didn't say, I will make you a member of the church. I will make you fishers of men. In other words, I'm going to make you a leader. So that's leadership. And when it comes to the church families, you remember where I read? When they started, Jethro told Moses, yeah, what you are doing is wrong. And the reason why he told him what he was doing was wrong was he was the only judge. Do you remember? He said, why are you the only judge? But later on, he said, when you appoint a lot of judges, the work will be easier for you. So, until that time, Moses was the only leader. But by the time Moses launched out the family system, many leaders were raised. Am I communicating here? Many leaders were raised. And God's wisdom is that we be equipped for the work of the ministry. Ephesians 4, verse 12. He wants more leaders raised. He wants more people engaged. And the only way by which more people can be trained, inspired, and taught to lead. There are many people whose leadership potential we will never know until we give them small groups to lead. And I pray that not only will you fully participate in the family system, but you also avail yourself for leadership when the opportunity comes. Shout a better amen. Shout a better amen. Now, 
that is how the first step to getting the most or the best out of the church family. One, understand the purpose for the family system. I trust that somebody has been helped today. If you have, put your hands together for the Lord. Pastor Afroko has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services at our headquarter church, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, 8.30 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. for our second service, and 10.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for our third service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Locate us on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santati Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on our YouTube and Facebook pages, Embassy of Life Chapel. God richly bless you. Oh, 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 oh,